0: Hey, hey friends, I'm Thea Charles and you are listening to the Push or Pivot podcast. In this series, we discuss the path someone chooses when they are at a crossroads of their life. Do they push through the adversity or do they stop, reassess, and pivot? Our guest is Anne Sieg. Anne has been a digital marketer for the past 15 years and shifted to e-commerce training six years ago. She shares her story of perseverance to get her where she is today. Welcome, Anne, to the Pusher Pivot. I'm really excited to have you today. Awesome. Thank you. Glad to be here. So Anne has a couple of crossroads that she's going to share with us, and I'm really excited to dive in. But before we jump into that, Anne, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself?
1: Yeah. um, I'm a mom and a wife, so I've raised three sons. Mm -hmm. And, um, well... The youngest just turned 30, there oh, yeah. you have it. I've mm-hmm. aged myself. Um, <laughs> dated, it says, dated myself. Yeah. Uh, happily married, 36 years, um, love of my life, so very happy with my man. Mm-hmm. And um, I got my first sales experience, that's my background in sales, and it's actually, well, we're on a Zoom together, but there's actually these Christmas bells oh. right right there. Right there. No. No. Okay. Anyways, red <laughs> and green. I I made those my um, grandma had taught me to do that. And then uh, my mom said, you know, you should go out in the neighborhood and sell those. So she set me up with my first store, oh. which was a cardboard box, oh, cool. a little cardboard box that fit my little Christmas bells. And <laughs> I sold them 50 cents each and three for a dollar. So oh. I even had a bundled offer, yep. white, red and green. And so I went off and I was very shy. So I went off in the neighborhood. My mom was not with me. Um, that was in an era when things were safer. Mm-hmm. And um, I sold all my Christmas bells. Wow. And um, there was this this sound in the box when I came home and it was a sound of change and, and uh-huh. dollar bills. And I'm yeah. like, it was experiential. Uh-huh. Um, I really didn't look back into sales until my early twenties. So, okay. but that was foundation. I was like seven or nine years old. And I was very young. And, my mom had said she sold um, gift, gift cards. It was going door to door as a kid, as a child. So I think it was very normal for her and yeah. she taught me. So anyways, um, but really um, the biggest impact on my life growing up was um, I was very skinny. So I was teased a lot. But then I was introduced, um, you know, through the Olympics. I saw Nadia Comaneci. I saw Olga Corbett. Uh-huh. I got inspired and I went very, very hardcore into the sport of gymnastics oh, wow. and became my saving grace, so to speak, because I just, I just, when you see people who just go way into their zone and that's yeah. going to be their thing. And so and it was, I was a late bloomer. I was in junior high when I started, which is considered quite, quite late for that Great. sport, but whatever. And then I ended up being a sports coach for about 12 years, which I absolutely loved so much um, mm-hmm. until I got such severe tendinitis in my hands. Oh. I would come home and my hands hurt so badly. I thought it was carpal tunnel, but they tested it was tendinitis. Mm-hmm. All I knew at the, the end effect was it was very incapacitating that I couldn't turn like a can opener. Oh, I couldn't wow. cut vegetables. It was They were just a crazy. And I would put ice on when I got home. And then one day my husband said, you know, I don't think we need this anymore. Mm-hmm. Meaning the pain and the disruption, mm-hmm. though I I just so loved my years um teaching those girls gymnastics. I loved it so, so very much. Um so three sons. I ended up homeschooling for 12 years. So I know there's a lot of people who are dealing with schooling at home <laughs> for the first time and they're writing about it. And I'm like, ah, you know, but that's been quite a number of years since I finished. But mm-hmm. I loved it. It was almost like cheating because I got to go back and get a second education. And so I felt like I was cheating because it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. And um, both my parents were teachers. So I I grew up in a teaching home. I'd been a sports coach. So I felt very confident. And my parents actually played a a role in it. Uh, My mom was an English major. So she was teaching Shakespeare and writing to the boys. And then my dad... He a physicist, and so he was taking care of math to an extent. Oh, nice. And it was really cool. We'd go yeah. over to my parents' house, and they would, my kids would get some of their classes from them. And then, of course, we were in co-ops, which mm-hmm. is basically where other homeschool families are bringing their kids. And so it was right. a ton of exposure to absolutely fantastic, um, you know, experiences. I would do it again in a heartbeat. I loved it so incredibly much. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much always find myself in life... I'm always teaching. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of my, it's like breathing for me that I'll always be teaching because it's my passion. Mm-hmm. So, um, so these two came together, these yeah. two worlds of sales and teaching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I went into Mary Kay. Okay. By just total accident, I was mm-hmm. at a parade and you got to get a free facial. You got to yes. sign mm-hmm. up and before you know it so I was young. Uh, I think I, yeah, I had my first son. So I was very young, early twenties. It didn't last long. I worked extremely hard at it. I mean, mm-hmm. when I make up my mind to do something, I'm an all outer. Like if they say yeah. do it, do it once. I uh, no, I'll do it five just for good measure to make yeah. sure just uh-huh. to make sure it works. You know, that's just my mental makeup. And I think it was the sports world that really conditioned me to the mental discipline, the rigors mm-hmm. of, you, to get to something you really want, you're going to have to work hard. Yes. And there's going to be a lot of repetition until you gain mastery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back to the sports references, I saw these bar tricks and I thought, Oh, I want to learn that. But inside I thought, well, and you don't have the strength, you don't have the flexibility. So you better go work on those first yeah. instead of thinking, Hey, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not strong enough, Anne. Well, so I've just carried that through my life is that my expectations are predicated are on the knowledge that I'm going to have to build some skills first. Yeah. Like, why would I think I can just go from here to and have instant success mm-hmm. because of what the sports world taught me? And it was hard. I was very weak. I was not flexible. I was light. That was one thing I had to my advantage, but I had to work really hard for the rest so, all that kind of conditioned me to that. That was my expectation going into adulthood as you work hard to get yeah. results. It typically doesn't, it's more of a rarity if it just kind of falls well, in your lap. Yeah. 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 It's like if it does happen, wow, thank you. That's so amazing. Um, and so, that's been my, my mental attitude. And so anyways, I, that was my experience of direct sales. Yep. And then I did quite a, a few of them okay. back then there was no social media. Yes. There was no internet. And so what we did were these things called home parties. Yes. Yeah. Home yes. parties. So that's what I did schlepping my boxes, you know, going around the twin cities. This is in um, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Okay. And I worked hard. You know, so I was running the gym club, gymnastics, and then I was doing this on the side. Yep. And so that was kind of my way. I was committed to being home with my kids. Mm-hmm. As a, as a mom, I thought if well, I'm gonna have kids, I don't wanna just farm them off to someone else and I'm not by any means, you know, criticizing others. That was just my heart right. because my mom had done similarly, but then she started going to teach and did substituting, etc. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to really cherish that phase of my life was raising my kids and not regret. So anyways, I I always had jobs that worked around. My main objective is I'm going to be there for my kids. Uh, The homeschooling was more incidental. I I didn't intend that from the beginning. It wasn't really even quite known then, you know? Okay. Uh, But anyways, so I did that direct sales. And then it was, um, I did end up homeschooling my kids and I brought them each home in phases. It wasn't like all three at once, Okay. It's kind of an incident through the school system that kind of like, okay, that's not cool. And I don't think I want to tolerate that. So what can I do about it? Oh, I can take it into my own hands. That's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of who I am is I just, um, uh, you know, people can face life, either life just happens to some people, yep. it just, just life just keeps happening or you make life happen. Yes. I like to be in the, I make life happen category yeah, I can that, see. um, because that's what has proven to work for me is when I set my mind to something, wow, I made something happen, you know? And it, it just, it's a very empowering experience. And so I have faced all of life as, it's, um, uh, as challenges come along, it's a test of your character and your fortitude. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all it is. Mm-hmm. Granted, <laughs> there's been doozers. There's <laughs> been uh, insane doozers that really... You know, so now I'm so battle. I guess I can say battle weary as well, yeah. battle, you know, the fatigue, mm-hmm. but it's all part of the gig so that you just go, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also rely very strongly on a team of people. I have a fantastic staff and team yeah. that, anyways, so back to the sales part is yeah. um, so I had done the series of direct sales and then I. Ended up homeschooling. And the last one I brought home was my eldest son, middle of eighth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow well, is right. That was <laughs> the hardest one by far. I believe Because he kind of had an attitude and a, I called it the kick the dog syndrome. So school wasn't going well for him. So when he got home, it was the kick the dog syndrome, meaning venting it out on the family. And yeah. so the two little brothers were like, no, no no, don't bring him home. Don't. <laughs> and uh, so I let him go through this defrag period is in ninth grade. And it actually went really, really well. So anyways, I subsequently in homeschooling, we would often go to Barnes and Noble, et cetera. And I tripped over a book that changed my life and it jumped out at me. It's up done that the whole series by this one author is Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. And his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yes. Yeah. Heard, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I read that book, it was there, it was purple with gold and it just like a banner on a page. Yeah. and it just grabbed me by the eyeballs and it said, what the rich parents know that the poor parents don't say mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Right. Tell what do they know that the poor parents <laughs> don't, you know? And so it was a very lovely tagline, a hook sales angle. And so I just devoured it. And then there was cashflow quadrant so I devoured those books and I tell my older, eldest son, you read every book this guy has written, mm. you know, go. Oh, and by the way, my criteria for my success as an educator is if, if my children uh, know how to self-educate, I've done my job. Yeah. And they are voracious readers, voracious writers, um, because I taught them to self-educate. Mm-hmm. and that's um uh, my my favorite quote is learning is not the filling of a bucket it's the lighting of a fire love that I love william that. william yates it's not my quote i wish it were and so i always looked at it as there's a passion here there's latent talent there's so it was my job as a parent to create the um atmosphere the ecosystem that was very opportune for them to blossom mm-hmm. and you know cultivate these talents and, and that's what happened all three have worked in my businesses okay. um, right now it's just one of them my youngest but so I exposed back to my other son I exposed him to that we ended up going on parallel journeys okay. I was pursuing business and, and even though my husband and I had we were doing real estate by this time real estate investment we had our windshield business at that time which was going so well it allowed me to be home with the boys
0: yeah
1: um but I'm like okay. This is it. I'm going to grab the bull by the horns. And now I was looking at business as more than income as a livelihood, but all in the context of the cash flow quadrant is a true business is when you can walk away, according to his parameter, three months and the business keeps working. Mm. Like I say, I still haven't achieved that. (laughs) I work in my business every day. Um, But in any case, so he was off on his path. Ninth through 12th grade, and I was off on my path. And he tried numerous businesses, and I was doing stuff. Then he sponsored me to go into a direct sales company Okay. Um, when he was 18. Okay. He had graduated. And I'm like, oh, well, I know this world. I've done this for years, but no, I'm going to go for the six figures, don't you know? Mm-hmm. So I went like a mad woman, working really hard at it, and I hit a wall. Mm. Okay. And this is your whole push and pivot, and it was sent in my comment to you is all of mine have felt like a push, push. yeah nothing to pivot mm-hmm. all because it was borne out through an event or a circumstance that forced me to have to shift yeah so but shift i have and mm-hmm. uh, time after time after time after time and i think that's the attribute a business owner has to have yes. so anyways i'm getting going and i'm selling my products doing really well but you're supposed to be recruiting recruiting and the recruiting didn't go well. Yeah. So my son, he moved on because no one would take him seriously. He went on to learn internet marketing. Okay. So I said, mom, you need to go online. You, you need to find out who your target audience is mm-hmm. and, um, you know, go with a different approach. That advice changed my life. Mm. So I went online and that's where I found my first online mentor from 16 years ago. Now he's on my staff okay. still. 16 years later. Yeah, he's my chief guy. And uh, it just opened up a whole new world of possibilities coming online. And the main difference of online one, it's convenient, you're doing it just from home, which Mm -hmm. that was very suitable for me, because I was I was homeschooling Mm -hmm. at that time. And um, it gives you scale that, you know, you put out a video, and it could hit a million people conceivably, which mm-hmm. that can happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas you go do a presentation somewhere. It's just the people in that room. Yes. So together my son and I then partnered and we launched our business and we did extremely, extremely well straight out of the gate. He had by that time became an affiliate marketer and he was an expert at Google AdWords. Okay. So we had our three books and we, this was way back in 2007. So, but it just exploded. I mean, we sold millions of dollars worth of our main ebook. Uh-huh.
0: Um,
1: and so we were riding that train for a while, which was teaching people attraction marketing. Yeah. But um, this, the advertising platforms don't like that industry. Uh-huh. It's sometimes called the biz app industry, network marketing, MLMs, Facebook yeah. no way no no no! you'll get your butt kicked so it's like what do we do we have all this effort all these these assets and so it was in the fall of 2013 that we were reintroduced into e-commerce when i say reintroduced it was in the homeschooling years two of my boys had an ebay business okay initiated by the elder son
0: yeah
1: so we had a lot of our home has been a hub of entrepreneurialism and the homeschooling which Trust me, there was plenty of business education. It was part yeah. and parcel. So it was like, you know, every business my husband and I had, it wasn't like my mom and dad are doing their world and you guys just keep your nose in the books. I believe in real life learning. Yeah. Hands on. Let's do this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I always had them work in all our businesses. I'm talking three and five or yeah. was it? real little. I was hanging door knobbers for Avon. I was an mm-hmm. Avon distributor. They went with me. They helped stuff the catalogs. Mm-hmm. I feel if you're a part of the family, you have value by, you're going to contribute into the family. Yeah. Money doesn't just fall from the sky here. Mm-hmm. It's the work of our hands, you know? So, um, they saw us hard at work. So anyways, um, so speed forward at 2013, then, uh, we shifted into e-commerce and, it was like a light switch on yeah. light switch went on because I was teaching students since 2000, actually 2005. So I'm always teaching, always right. teaching, right. shifting into e-commerce. The results were like instantaneous and fast and big. And I'm like, instead of having to teach them about sales funnels, which is what I've been doing yeah. for years is online sales funnels. And I still do that, but it's like, Whoa, this is fun because I thrive on success. I'm I'm not feeling good if my students aren't feeling good. Yeah. I need my students feeling good. And they have done really, really well. So we formally shifted and then we became the e-commerce business school formally in 2016 when we're like, that's it. We're just moving our entire ship. That now that was more of a pivot. Okay. That was more of a pivot. Okay. partly because of the push of advertising platforms going, no, your ad is disapproved again and yeah. again and again and again. Oh, and your ad account is shut down. Right. That happened for both YouTube and Facebook. And my son got really sick and tired of it. Like, this is yeah. just why put in this effort where everywhere we go, a big Something. gate comes down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we shifted into e-commerce and now we are focused as an, an education a company, which we are e-commerce business school. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's been, that has been a a very, very good shift that we made Uh that um, has ironically with Corona and it's been so painful for me to see because we were in the auto class industry. We were in real estate and I know millions of businesses are going under Mm -hmm. and will continue to go under. And I'm, we're heading into that storm for which I have a son in China and he had already gone through uh, the two month quarantine yeah. in January and February. And I thought, well, you know, that's for the Chinese. It's not going to happen over here. Oh, yeah. well, I was, I was quite wrong on that account. And, you know, he made it through safely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's been people who end up in the good bucket are mm-hmm. check the box, you. you They approved it as an essential and then there's some that are non-essential and I'm like, oh, my heart breaks for these people because I know what it's like to put everything on the line. Everything you have, your sweat and your blood on the line, uh, everything, all your financial resources. Anyways, all to say, and I pray a lot, we ended up in the good bucket and I want to bless people and my people they're exploding because Amazon grew 26% already during this Corona um, shutdown. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, okay, thank God I ended up finally in a good bucket (laughs) because some of the other buckets that I had tried, sleeves rolled up, sweat on the brow, you know, um, wouldn't have made it. Like automotive right now, they're Mm -hmm. suffering terribly, that entire industry because people i am been driving, everything associated with that industry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I told my husband, oh, we would have been just crushed. He did a windshield repair. Right? right, right, right. So it's like, oh, my gosh, not only for us, but these people that I led here, because that's a leadership responsibility that, you know, you want to feel good about your messaging that you're leading people. I call it the promised land, follow mm-hmm. Come out across we'll the river Jordan, the Promised Land, mm-hmm. and and it has been that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank heavens, and that they're doing well. And now we get people who are coming through our um, school. Gal owns a food court restaurant. Done, right. lost her business. It doesn't take long for, especially a restaurant business where it's five cents on the dollar for profit. Right, their margins are so thin. Mm -hmm. two weeks and that's it it can be the end of them and so you know we're giving a lifeboat I I consider it's like an arc actually Mm -hmm. Um, a lifeboat for people to get into this is this is all going up and will continue it was going up and now this was just a big accelerator Mm -hmm. with corona and I feel very sad for I mean trust me we have wept and cried over lost businesses my husband was Really hurt by the loss of the windshield business. That was from a law. Uh, it can be anything, and it, it was just a, yeah, any little thing. So we know the ultimate takeaway has been nothing lasts forever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you need a backup to your backup to <laughs> your backup. Um, but the real shift is like I see people struggle when they're in angst about oh my gosh, you know they're they're looking at their family household, and I go that's nothing when you got employees who are depending on you
0: yeah it gives you another another reason to have that fire behind you
1: oh and so when i saw one man was speaking in front of the legislature or something the poor guy was in tears. as a business owner he was letting going letting go 650 employees Wow. and he was broken he was in tears and i thought oh how his heart must break because you they're your lifeblood, your yeah. staff, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um I go, Oh man, you talk about you can't get a job. I have cleaned toilets for a living. I have hauled trash for a living. So I know this was when I was in college. I hauled trash at the dorm every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Stomped like crazy. It was a job. Yeah. I cleaned toilets at the dorm and I cleaned houses all during my I paid every penny of my college education there was no handout uh there just it just wasn't handouts it was anything i wanted i had to work hard for yeah you know you build up a backbone Mm -hmm. and if i hadn't i don't think i would have had the mental fortitude for what it takes to be in business
0: and i i just have to first of all thank you for sharing it was really cool. That was, was kind of
1: long. I'm sorry. No,
0: not at all. Not at all. It was really great. And the things that really popped out to me is one how you seem to lead first with your values by knowing that you wanted your family around and knowing mm-hmm. that education and teaching was something that's really core to you that goes through the entire story. And I, I just want to just acknowledge you for that because that's really awesome that you found that thing and you could hold on to it mm-hmm. and it's kind of led you through. Mm-hmm. And then the other. It's just the, I guess, the, you know, maybe from the skills that you learned from gymnastics, just just Mm. that, that things don't come automatically Mm. and you've got to push. If there's something that you want, you have to push through and you have to know that the first time you try, it might not work so hot, but you got to try, try again and be able to work on those skills, learn that flexibility, not just with your body, but with your mind. And that's, that was just really, that's what hit me. Mm.
1: I have to share real quickly about that. I had this magnet. I was learning when I first came online, I was going through consultative selling. It was a training okay. and there was a certification program. I thought, I'm going to do it. I want to get certified. Anyways, I was homeschooling and I had my filing cabinet near my desk and there was this magnet from Cape Canaveral. I believe my mother-in-law had bought it and gave it to the kids as a little thing, souvenir. It said, failure is not an option on mm-hmm. this magnet. And I would look at that and it would stare at me gets me emotional. And I thought, my boys are not going to see their mother fail. Mm -mm. No, not going to happen. Because to me, someone who lives an example is a thousand times more valuable than something you hear or read about. But when you see it lived out, you know, that, that drove me more than, oh, this will help get my husband home or this and that. I thought, my boys are watching me. Yeah what's mom doing?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll show you what mom's doing. And I rolled up my sleeves and I don't think they would have followed me in business and done all that they did had they not seen their mama roll up their sleeves and make enormous sacrifices to do what I've done. And so it was this, that was so, so critically important to me that I didn't want them to see that I was one to throw on the towel. Yes, 100%. And
0: I'm sure they I'm sure they're so thankful for that as well like I even think about that with my own kids my kids are little they're six and nine and um i I had my own business as well. I was clothing business much like how you were going door to door. I was working on the weekends working at night, going to home parties and it like I know that they're really they hold on to that more than my lab job where they didn't see me. They always mm-hmm. talk about oh you know how we used to help mom roll up the leggings and all the things that they used to do you know it was, and we still have it now like we still have the business but you know i'm shifting right now Mm. but um it's just i think it's really special to be able to have that time with your kids and to teach them through example and even now that they're home with school which is not something we did before obviously (laughs) um (laughs) i don't know i just love the different perspective i have and like to see how they learn and to be able to feel like before we felt like we were doing things to help them but now I know that I'm really able to know how to help them and foster that learning and seeing the independence that they have that's wow. even more than when they were at school that's been awesome and all that you just reminded me of like
1: mm-hmm.
0: just through your story
1: it's really awesome I like what you said helping them to become independent
0: yeah yeah that's what we want right you yeah want, you can know that just like you said, failure is not an option. I have that, I have a magnet on my fridge, the same thing. Like, this is not, the failure is not an option, you know? You just gotta keep going. And I think that's something that I think is really easy, especially if you look like the social media and whatnot nowadays to see like all the beautifulness, but you don't see the work of the person put underneath mm-hmm. unless you have that example in front of you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Yeah, oh,
0: such a great, this has been so nice. Um if you could give us
1: a piece of advice, what would it be? It's perseverance. I suppose it shouldn't be surprising. <laughs> um, from what I said, there's a, a story written by his last name is Darby. I can't remember the f- name. It's okay. William Darby. It's three foot from three feet from gold. And it's okay. a story of out in the, in California during the gold rush, the 49, you know, 19, 1849, etc. And they're digging and they're digging and they just couldn't find it. And they picked up and left. Mm-hmm. Someone else came in behind them and picked up from where they left. And they were literally, literally three feet from gold. Mm-hmm. And and I know it's a hard message to hear, because um, trust me, I've been through plenty of moments of despair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've felt the black hole experience where you're just free falling into a black hole. Like, am I going to get out of this? It's, I've had so many things slung at me, um, that perseverance, but I, I have to admit I don't do it in a vacuum. I have a very supportive husband. So I'm super blessed that way. I know not everybody has that. And then I have a fantastic team. So if someone's weak, there's someone else who's strong who can pull up the other person. So sometimes they're the weaker one. I pull them up and vice versa. Um, so I would, and and two, my businesses always end up being structured about doing it with others. I'm not so much of a solopreneur because mm-hmm. I I just thrive so much on the human interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't the model of doing it alone just doesn't interest me. Uh, I wouldn't find it satisfying because as I do business, it's more about the journey I'm going through and the person I'm becoming mm-hmm. and that process and that evolution and so much of that is. In fact, I tell people in the 21st century, you have to be a part of a community somehow. It's not the era that for do it alone. Yeah. Even if it is, say, you own your own business, you're a solopreneur, is you should be in a community. So the perseverance, but be backed up with some kind of a support community for whatever your endeavor is, right. we're wired to need emotional and intellectual support and mental support. And I, I I just don't think we're meant to be sojourners. So I would couple that with a support community, Mm -hmm. um, as much in alignment with where you're wanting to go in your future Mm -hmm. as much, you know, so like we have private mastermind groups, et cetera. Um, so you're, Oh, you're trying to do this too. Yep. Great. And it just becomes, I call it this, um, the mutual brain trust. Yeah. So as I develop my team, where this it's not one plus eight equals two, I invest into my team. I give them training. I give anything that helps them be better at what they're doing. And, and the whole gamut, I'm a holistic teacher, emotional, spiritual, you know, mm-hmm. it's the entire being. But so we develop this bank, this brain trust at, at a really amplified, amplified level with my staff, but even in a community there's a mutual brain trust that develops and it's a very precious, um, experience, you know, in the hu- phenomena of human experience, when you develop that mutual brain trust and there's like this love that develops over this mutual devotion and dedication you have yeah. that the love amongst the individuals grows. And that's what happens in my private communities. My mastermind groups is there's no sense of competition yeah. or threat, it's just they kind of all love on each other because it's a leadership community and so that's kind of the essence that yeah. I put together is we're growing together and it truly can happen and it's the most marvelous thing um, to experience and as a you
0: know,
1: person on the planet, you know, to be yeah. a part of that, it's, it's very exhilarating and, and you just feel like you can do, you then get lifted up. right. By yeah. virtue of standing on that kind of a platform, it lifts you up so much faster because a lot of our success is mental. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I
0: totally agree. That thought of working, you can work for yourself, but not by yourself.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, Anne, I've loved this conversation. It's so oh, Thank um,
1: you. How can people find out about you and
0: your e commerce business school?
1: Uh, we have a link, joinebs.com. They can go there. Plus, I have a special offer. It's it's very extensive training. I mean, we give it free, but it's like, oh my gosh, if you knew. It's really, really valuable. So that is joinebs.com forward slash push.
0: Okay.
1: Specifically for you. Thank push you. or pivot. We're doing push. Okay. So joinebs.com forward slash push. That's our free training. Okay. Uh, so definitely take advantage of that. Um, That can lead to an automated e-commerce business. So while I'm saying I work daily on my business, truly with an automated e-commerce business, that happens by having systems and it happens by having teams of people to run the system for you. And we teach people how to have a VA, a virtual assistant Mm -hmm. at about a sixth of American wages. And I'll just say with that, then I help people deliver, achieve their ultimate business lifestyle. We even have a retreat by that name because in that case with e-commerce, it's a, it's a monetary vehicle and you help people along the way, of course, but then it's the goal is to help people be able to give to their favorite charities, and, mm. which is the number one thing people report. It's a, been a shift in the last year. It used to be family and it's kind of shifted when we do this survey and at the top of the list is they want to be able to give to their favorite charities. Yeah, I don't know if oh, it's wow. just my followers that are oh, like that. I'm not, I don't know yeah. quite what it is. And, Cause then when I saw that shift in our data, I'm like, wow, yeah. that's kind of cool. It makes me feel really? good about the human potential when I see yeah. that. That's funny. Cause that's the one thing
0: I did when I had started my clothing business. I was like, well, every month we have a charity. And that was, oh. that was the thing that really helped drive me through.
1: See, yeah. it is and I think many business owners feel that way. That you know, if I'm being blessed to succeed in business, I'm going to bless others as well. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anne. Thank you for being on. Oh, it's my privilege. I've really enjoyed it, and I look forward to uh, continuing our relationship. And we're going to feature you ever in our school so that oh, people you. can hear about you.
0: I thank you so much, and I look forward to talking with you more too.
1: All right,
0: bye-bye. What did you take away from Anne's story? Are you willing to push for your success? I'm Thea Charles, and I hope you gained insight from this story. If you'd like to learn more about the Pusher Pivot podcast, visit us on the web at pusherpivot.com or on Instagram at pusherpivot. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and join me next time on the Push or Pivot podcast.